Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Holden, I've learned a little bit of Wizard of Oz trivia today that Ooh. Emily enlightened me, and I would like to share it with you. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Did you know that the Wizard of Oz's real name is Oscar Zoroaster Phaedrig Isaac Norman Henkel Emmanuel Ambrose Diggs? Um, to shorten his name, he used only his initials, Oz Pinhead. But since they spelled the word Pinhead, he shortened his name further and called himself Oz. So there you go. <laughs> wow. Is that something that was established in the James Franco prequel film? I I hope so. Um, But again, uh, don't research too much about L. Frank Baum because he really did not like the indigenous people of North America. So uh, if you want to hear the the author of those books be very racist, you can look at his uh, Wikipedia page. But I would recommend not. Yeah, just live in quiet uh, ignorance. That's what I always say. Yeah, just (laughs) click your ruby heels together and just ignore it. Yeah. Except they're silver slippers or something in the the book. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I I knew that because they changed it to ruby because it was like one of the first big color movies or whatever. They wanted to accentuate that. I remember hearing that bit. Yeah, there we go. What do we have this week, Holden? Well, we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our review of the penultimate episode of Better Call Saul titled Waterworks mm-hmm. and also our review of Prey, the new Hulu Predator film. Yes. It's a good thing I remembered that as I was talking. I like I blanked. I was about to like just say I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I I definitely forgot what movie we watched um for the podcast this week too. But not because it wasn't necessarily good. It just we watched it a few days ago. So yeah. all right, Holden, let's dive in. That one movie podcast. But first, Jimmy, let's do with the Toms. I'm excited. Tom's is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Tom's Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Hold on, I am really excited for this week. I know we don't have any trailers, Mm -hmm. so I did want to bring up a piece of news that I sent to you, but we both of us totally forgot to talk about it last week and that is that Keanu Reeves is apparently oh yeah going to be playing uh, a role in the Devil in the White City uh, Hulu series that they're making produced by I think Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese um, based on the book it's H.H. Holmes I would imagine that Keanu Reeves will be playing H.H. Holmes the serial killer mm-hmm. who uh, had this really cool kind of death hotel <laughs> uh, where he would lure single women during the uh, World's Fair in Chicago in 1893, I believe was the year. 
Yeah, and I haven't read the book myself, but after Jimmy told me about it um, initially, I was kind of reading up more about this guy. And you should definitely look up stuff about him, even if you don't read the book, because it is he, he's he is like a character out of a movie. <laughs> like this, it seems like perfectly plotted for a movie, and I'm sure it has inspired many a film serial killer since. Um, but yeah, just look up uh, like one of those cutaways of his house or his his uh hotel um because he, he, he was like a pharmacist too or told everyone he was a pharmacist anyway um but yeah so i mean presumably he's playing hh H. holmes he could be playing the architect i think he would be good in either but i would definitely pull for him being hh H. holmes a serial killer which would be cool to see keanu reeves play more the villain yeah, like I, I know, I'm pretty sure he has played the villain before. I can't off the top of my head name a movie where that happened, but I, I am pretty sure I remember seeing something. But um, yeah, I think it, it's it'd just be really funny. I mean, he is kind of a, a dashing individual. I feel like he could, you know, lure people in and um, with his with just his Keanu Reeves charisma, and then end up slaughtering them. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm going to give it a Broca, Holden. Yeah, I'll give it a Broca as well. I thought it was might have been dead because we talked about it like two or almost three yeah. years ago. Um, well, yeah, and we just we, didn't it, hear anything about it. Yeah, because we knew Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio were attached. We kind of assumed that Leo was going to be in it, but it kind of sounds like he's more just a producer role, which is fine, but... Well, they acquired the rights like in 2009 <laughs> or something. <laughs> so this has been in development uh, hell for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, other news. Uh, this week we have more Warner Bros. Discovery updates. <laughs> oh <laughs> Let's see what's gosh. up this week. Uh, uh, this one's mo- this week mostly focused on Ezra Miller. So Ezra Miller uh, has apparently been arrested uh, this week finally on felony burglary charges by the vermont state police um and following this arrest uh hollywood reporter kind of came out and reported saying that wb is looking at three different options with the flash one of which uh, ezra miller seeks professional help and uh wait what did Oh, okay. I did not. I like just wrote this fake word in here. I wasn't sure what I was trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So Miller seeks professional help and uh, uh, goes and does limited press ahead of the release, including an interview explaining and apologizing for their behavior. Two, the Flash releases and they are not part of the press cycle at all. And three, the Flash is completely scrapped. I still think you could change. Just take them out and put someone else in. I guess, I mean, financially, I, okay. Based on their, their what they're currently doing, mm-hmm. it would make sense to scrap it. Like If they scrapped Batgirl, then you would think they would scrap this. Mm-hmm. I just... Obviously, I would like Ezra Miller to receive help. Yeah. I feel like if we get some disingenuine apology and it's just kind of, you know, lip service that yeah. doesn't accomplish anything and that's just very uh, tone deaf mm-hmm. of them. Um, I, w- I mean, I still want to see this. I know a lot of people really want to see Michael Keaton mm-hmm. as Batman. 
just can they not do something with deep fakes? I can, can they get like an an Ezra Miller like look alike? I, I don't. Well, I, so one of the I've seen like memes online where people say that comedian Nathan Fielder should take over. I don't. Have you ever seen like the show Nathan for You or anything? <laughs> I I have not. It is like it. I've been hearing so much about it the last couple of weeks though, so it's like I'm going to start watching it. Yeah. Um. But he kind of looks like him, doesn't? Yeah. He? <laughs> that's that would be hilarious. <laughs> that's uh. That's kind of what uh, the jokes have been saying. But um, anyway, um, I, yeah, I definitely think that first option is just like not going to happen because I, I agree with you. I feel like if it were to happen, Ezra Miller comes out, does an apology. It is going to feel very disingenuous and everything, and it's going to feel very manipulative on Warner Brothers part and everything. So I think at most what we're or at the very least what we're going to get is um the the second option which is the flash does come out but just ezra miller is not a part of the marketing at all which would be really weird but i could see it happening yeah i mean boy this is just they put themselves in such a bad situation yeah (laughs) um by continuing to work with ezra miller and ezra miller has not helped them out at all Mm -mm. um with what they've been up to there is not a good solution. There really is. It's a lose, 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 lose. Um, mm. The the Nathan Fielder or whatever his name, that is an hilarious option. <laughs> that is would be a the best case outcome for this, but I mean, unlikely. Well, and I mean, another thing with that Nathan Fielder option is like the Flash is supposed to be funny and Ezra Miller wasn't really funny in the Justice like in Justice League or anything. And I know Nathan Fielder's comedy is more kind of deadpan his style, but he is like a funny individual. He would be a lot funnier than Ezra Miller, I think. Yeah, I just I mean, I don't I don't know enough. I would try to do something with deep fakes if I were with was Warner Bros try to replace him or replace them somehow and um and then just reduce their role as much as you can just Mm -hmm. within the film where it's still coherent or you could just scrap it and say here's the batman scenes yeah right (laughs) yeah that's the other thing is if this movie gets scrapped we're just not gonna have michael keaton batman at all which would be also (laughs) hilarious that Michael Keaton's been doing all this stuff for DC and it just never is going to appear on screen. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know. Warner Bros is a mess right now. Um yeah. so Bombadil on them. Bombadil and uh in addition to that another little piece of DC news that sucks is apparently despite conflicting earlier confirmations the batman 2 has not officially been greenlit which is insane Mm -hmm. um hopefully that just means they're still working on the script Mm -hmm. i guess i don't know who knows um if they don't ever produce a sequel to that movie that will be tragic yeah it that i mean that's what i'm really worried about because they're so concerned about having like a, a more consistent like 
like future with DC or whatever. Yeah, and they, they are revitalizing the DCEU. Yeah, and and they are still doing the sequel to Joker. So I don't know why they why they wouldn't do this too. That <laughs> just seem weird. I don't know. Um, I I'm hoping this is just one of those things that people are just looking too far into. Mm-hmm. But again, tomorrow is never guaranteed. Like I just can't assume you can't make assumptions uh for things that uh haven't been confirmed um so it would be very sad if they didn't make it but i'm i'm gonna go bergeron because i'm just hoping this is just reading too far into a situation to make a headline that's gonna get a lot of clicks sure yeah i'll give it a bergeron as well similar reasoning uh other news not warner bros related um jimmy you a fan of the kung fu panda movies (laughs) i saw that they are making another one i think i've only seen the first one like once oh wow really okay maybe twice i really don't remember them at all okay i i have a lot of fond memories of the first one like that was i I, you i mean a lot of people were this way when they were a kid they'd have some movies that they'd watch over and over on dvd i feel like this was kind of one of the last ones that i i was doing that with because that when that came out i had the dvd i loved kung fu panda (laughs) i i've seen that first one so many times i've only seen the second one once or twice and the third one I think I've seen once. I may have seen the second one. I definitely did not see the third one. Okay. Um, and funny enough, the movie I watched on repeat as a you know somewhat older kid was School of Rock, another Jack oh, Black Jack film. Black. <laughs> I had never seen that until like last year. Um, but yeah, anyway, fourth Kung Fu Panda movie is coming out um, eight years after the last one came out. I didn't realize that the last one had come out that long ago. Um, but it is com- it is going to be releasing March eighth, twenty twenty four. Uh, nothing is really known about the plot or anything. But yeah, I mean, I'll go Bergeron. I don't have that much of an attachment to the franchise. I think I watched there was like a Nickelodeon show, right? Something. Yeah, I think there was. I, I think I watched that. a little bit of that when I was a kid. But. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll give it a Brokaw. Sure. Yeah. It seems to be one of uh, DreamWorks more consistent series. So when yeah. i understand everything's coming back for dreamworks you got puss in boots you got <laughs> kung fu panda 4 yeah i am I, every time i see more trailers for puss in boots i'm like wow that actually looks like it could be good I'm yeah excited. we'll see uh anyway other news uh sonic the hedgehog 3 officially confirmed and coming out december 20th 2024 so christmas this time for sonic there we go they're just going to keep cranking those out. Yeah. No Jim Carrey this time, I presume. Uh, n- nothing has been said about that. My guess is no, though. Yeah. He's not going to come out of retirement for uh, <laughs> Sonic 3. He's not going to have suddenly somehow survived that like 30 f- story drop he suffered in the last movie. <laughs> that, that was not the wildest thing to happen in the last movie, to That's be fair. True. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'll give it a Brokaw. He's. Yeah, I'm going to go Bergeron because there's another movie I have to sit through and it will be fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope it's even wilder than the second one, though. Yeah. That was a very memorable movie-going experience. <laughs> uh, speaking of video game movies, we got an update on the Ghost of Tsushima movie, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so the director, Chad Stahelski, who you may know from the John Wick films, uh, says he wants to make this movie uh, very authentic to the culture. And I have this full quote here I can read. Um, so I think if we did this right, it would be visually stunning. It's character driven. It's got an opportunity for great action, great looks. And honestly, we try to do it all in character, meaning it's a Japanese thing about the Mongols invading Tsushima Island, a complete Japanese cast in Japanese. Uh, Sony is so on board with backing us on that. I've been going to Japan since I was 16. I have a love for the country, love of the people, love of the language to try to direct not only in my language, but someone else's and culturally shift my mindset to bring apart that in a cool way that still entices a Western audience. Look, I don't mind reading subtitles, mm -hmm. um, but if you did this all in Japanese, you'd be throwing away money. <laughs> um, if you did, if you made the film in, in the Japanese language and you did not have an English version of it, I don't know. Maybe I absolutely think you're just throwing away money. You would be amazed at how many people will not go to a movie simply because they do not want to read subtitles. I mean, yeah. I... <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it's. I think people are becoming more okay with it, though. I do think that, but again, I think you have to t consider the people we hang out with, and then literally the more general public. Mm -hmm. I I just to tell you that I've heard from a lot. Of, like even when Parasite came out, people are like, oh, I don't want to see it. I don't want to read the subtitles. So I don't know. I I. I <laughs> I don't know. It's already like a samurai movie, which I feel already feeds into kind of a more niche audience. So but Ghost of Tsushima is not very was not a niche video game. Yeah, but I, I think I don't think that people that are fans of the game are going to be turned off by subtitles. Like I think if you're trying to go just for that demographic, then it doesn't really matter. Okay, I'm just saying I think you're throwing <laughs> away money if you do that. Um I don't have a strong preference either way. I'd probably prefer English. Um, but if they want to make it a full, authentic Japanese thing and they think it will enhance the movie, then, you know, execute your vision. See, I'm uh, I'm all on board a full Japanese version. I think that would be well, really Well, that's because cool. you're pretentious, Holden. Yeah, okay. <laughs> No, I'm I mean, gonna go. I, I'm on Bergeron. Okay, I, I, it's a Brokaw for me. I just feel like that's the natural like way to do a movie adaptation, especially since the game just so heavily wears the Kurosawa influences on its sleeve. I feel like going for a more authentic feel makes the most sense. I mean, okay. I get your concerns, but I don't know. Okay, they're not just when that movie, when that movie does not perform as well as it could have. You can, uh, you can, I'll, or, or if it outperforms what I would imagine it would, I'll eat my words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, this movie, I, unless they go CGI heavy, I don't think the budget is going to be like outrageous. Is this so, a Netflix movie? No, I think this is theatrical. Okay. I don't think like this movie is, it, the budget is going to be outrageous. So I think it's going to make its money back and then some quite a bit. So we'll see. All right. We'll um, see. We're talking about a movie we know literally nothing about, aside from what this director has said. So, uh, yeah, broke off from me. Uh, speaking of video game news, uh, again, uh, Pac-Man is getting a live-action movie adaptation. You like Pac-Man, Jimmy? It's all right. Yeah, you want to see a live-action movie of it? Not particularly. 
neither do I. Um, apparently it's based on an original concept from the Little Mermaid animator and Sonic the Hedgehog associate producer Chuck Williams. Those are the, you know, I don't know who that is, but that's what it said. Um, no story or anything has been revealed about this yet. I don't know. Did the Tetris movie come out? No, (laughs) I was actually just thinking about that when I was writing the notes for this. I'm like, there was a Tetris movie at one point, right? Yeah. What happened to that? It just... I don't know. I feel like that's just in development hell. Because I remember they were, they were saying, like, oh, it's going to be like a, a sci-fi movie or something. But I, I don't know. Um, Pac-Man, whatever, Bergeron, probably a kid's movie, I, I reckon. Yeah, probably. It'll probably be, like, Sonic. I bet Pac-Man will, like, meet some guy in New York and it'll be weird because he's an animated character. And he's gonna be he's gonna be running away from ghosts his whole life, but then oh, it's yeah. like you know what, you don't have to run away from ghosts. Yeah, you run at run running. towards the ghosts. <laughs> Character <I'm>, development. <laughs> we predicted it. Uh, speaking of video game news, uh, again, um, <laughs> um, the uh, Mortal Kombat Two uh, is officially moving forward with Jeremy Slater, the writer of Moon Knight, and a director of the first Mortal Kombat movie, Simon McQuad, returning. That's a burst round for me. Uh, technically, it would be Mortal Kombat One, since Mortal Kombat did not happen in the first one, right? Yep, yep, that's true. Uh, Mortal Kombat uh, subtitled for real this time. Yes, be its name. Uh, yeah, Bergeron for me as well. Um, speaking of video game news, uh, just kidding. That's it for video game movie news. Um, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> back to Tom. Our, uh, back our to strong Tom. suit. Um, Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, I, this was actually news last week, but I forgot to mention it. Uh, has uh, apparently met with Marvel for finding a role in the MCU. Uh, and he, he mentioned this at a convention that Marvel has suggested him playing like Magneto or Dr. Doom in the MCU, but uh-huh. he says he wants to do something a bit different and he's really pushing to be Professor X. He would be a good Professor X. Yeah, I think so too. I'm all for it. He wants yeah. to be a good guy now, huh? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't blame him. Like everything he's done for the last decade or so has, has, has pretty much been a villain role. So yeah, which he is very good at, but mm-hmm. he's starting to get typecast as that. So I would say all aboard Professor X, Giancarlo Esposito, um, who is of course, Gus Fring. Um, what is this? Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. Mandalorian. Uh, Stan Edgar in the boys. Basically just Gus Fring and, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and he's the the same he's like the dictator in far cry 6 or whatever oh yeah um, so i would go brokaw brokaw for Giancarlo Giancarlo esposito as professor x in the mcu let's make it happen yeah brokaw for me as well uh and then the final piece of news i have is for uh, the movie the electric state which I, we talked about like a year or two ago. It's a sci-fi movie that the Russo brothers are making for Netflix. Um, previously, it had been announced that Millie Bobby Brown was going to be the star of it, and also Chris Pratt was going to be in it. But this week, we got a bunch of new cast members uh, announced for it. Michelle Yeoh, Stanley Tucci, Brian Cox, Jenny Slate, and Jason Alexander are all joining. Nice. Um I'm not sure if I'm looking forward to the Russo brothers next film. Yeah, we'll see. Um, 
gray the gray man was not the best but we'll see maybe didn't we'll see, see cherry so yeah um but did not hear good things i'm gonna go bergeron yeah i'll give it uh bergeron as well and that's it for that news oh um, for that news is there other news uh i know in gaming news the only thing i remember hearing is that uh, hogwarts legacy got delayed to february yep which is a little bum- bit of a bummer because I would have loved to have played that over winter break. Yeah. But, um, hey, we have God of War coming out in November, so that will yeah, hold us God over of War. for a while. Yeah, God of War will last us a while. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else that you can think of? Nope, that, that I can think of, Holden. So I think we are ready to go on to uh, Better Call Saul. Okay, sounds good. All right. Spoiler discussion of the penultimate episode of Better Call Saul. Alright, so the second to last episode of Better Call Saul, titled Waterworks, uh, full spoiler discussion as always with our TV reviews, um, but yeah, um, I don't know, where should we start with this episode, Jimmy? Alright, so this is largely a Kim episode. Um, we really get a look into what her life has been post, uh, the Howard incident, really, mm-hmm. and post separation from Jimmy. Um, we see, uh, how I think this is the episode that starts Jimmy's in his office throwing the ball, kind of harking back to his days at the cell phone company. Mm-hmm. And that's a great scene. Cause you're like, what is he waiting for? Kim comes in. She is um, filling out the divorce paperwork. And I love how just Jimmy needs to have that time to prepare himself to figure out what is he, how is he going to kind of handle this situation. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, tries to, he just completely goes into Saul Goodman mode on his phone, not paying any attention to her, being very harsh and like, oh, well, have a nice life, Kim. Like trying to put on this tough persona. Or uh, this apathetic persona, and it, it I, but it's it's so it's such an effective scene and opener because it's like he really had to work up to that point. It mm-hmm. was re- indeed affecting him uh, to his core, and uh, it took him a long time to be able to put on that performance. It wasn't as natural, <clears throat> excuse me, as he wanted it to come off. Uh, but then we get to see Kim in her job. Mm-hmm. Um, which was like Palm Springs sprinklers or something. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. That. Um, which looks terrible. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> well, yeah. awful. I mean, yeah, it's just like a generic office job. They just picked like the most boring, like whatever job you could possibly think of, <laughs> um, and made it look even more boring than it than it maybe even is. Well, um, I, I love this uh, idea that she put herself in doc review. Like, she's punishing herself mm-hmm. um, the way she thinks she deserves to be punished in her life. And it yeah. just is, is miserable. The cat card was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like the perfect person or something, whatever it was. Yeah, it's it, it, they do a really good job of suitably just making her life look really boring. Not even at just at work, but also mm-hmm. like at home too. It's just she's like working on a puzzle. She's they they're watching the pu- like yeah, the puzzle doesn't have any 
definition to it at all. It looks just like a one thing. Mm-hmm. And um, they're, they're, they, her and her boyfriend uh, watch like the amazing race. Yeah, a lot <laughs> just, of good 2010s references in here. Yeah, just, just generic reality TV. Um, which I watched The Amazing Race around 2010. So I was I was trying to figure out, like, have I seen this episode before that they're showing? Um, another thing I like is that Kim just has zero agency. She cannot make a decision. Like, she can't decide if she's like, she has to like, is it okay if I make this thing without, without real mayonnaise, just Miracle Whip? Or um, she can't decide on like, what the color it, the well i can't remember it was something with color um everything's just so bland uh i can't remember what the husband or not the husband the boyfriend asked or something about the amazing race and she doesn't have a response to that either um just absolutely has no control of her life it's just like she's getting bulldozed over by her environment and she's mm-hmm. just a shell much like Jean was a shell too. Um, Just like Marcel was a shell. (laughs) (laughs) Very nicely played. Um, But yeah, just how miserable and dull her life is. Uh, Of course, the iconic yep, 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 yep um, was pretty funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um, But yeah, Kim's life, a drag. Anything else to add? to that no not really um yeah it's just it she's she's i I mean like you you mentioned it about the work and everything but she's like clearly putting herself there it's kind of i think she's like purposefully keeping her life devoid of excitement to like try to ward off any lingering you know thoughts of of doing anything crazy like she did before again she's just like keeping herself out of any potential like triggers or something i guess um it's like in the movie click when they fast forward and it's just like a zombie it's like she's just hitting the fast forward button on her I've life seen click, so i'll take your word for it i've seen parts of it on tv <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so going back to jimmy he's breaking into the house and i'm like i just like i don't think they're gonna arrest him like i think he's gonna get away with this somehow uh which turned out to be correct so far yeah we'll see how it fully plays out but yeah it it wouldn't have made i don't think a ton of sense for him to get arrested during this scene but regardless it was very tense because we as the audience since since before he even broke in we're like well i mean they they established last episode it had been so long since the guy had been drugged like we know this guy is gonna wake up and when he does it is it is very tense because jimmy like doesn't know what to do we don't know what he's gonna do and he thinks about he was him over the head (laughs) yeah i thought he was gonna jump off uh, the loft railing i did too yeah the they just keep like showing like bringing in so many Chekhov's guns in this like in this whole sequence like and a lot of them are just false like they they don't amount to anything but there's so it it, uh, establishes so many options that he has to get out of this and most of them would involve him either hurting the guy or getting arrested or something but 
There's a lot of options. It's 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 crazy. And then Jeff goes and runs into a van or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Um so they they arrest him. It looks like uh it looks like it's no problem though. It's no biggie. Uh, they don't have any physical evidence on him. It's all speculation. So uh, Gene's gonna be able to come and just get him. But you know, we wanna we wanna have the good appearances. So let's get uh, Marion in on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Marion uh, is a little suspicious, especially when um, Gene seems to know a little too much about Albuquerque law. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I don't know if I have an issue with that or what, but it seemed like too convenient of a slip up to me. Like it was just like he's usually so careful with things like that. I, I'm not sure I really bought that slip up in this. Well, here's the thing. First off, they've been planting so many seeds with Marion already. Mm-hmm. You had the whole story about the dog Nippy. Um, he doesn't ever mention Nippy again. Even when she asks about him, he's kind of like, oh yeah, Nippy's back. It's all great. But then she sees him kind of being mean to the other dog. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. He starts dismissing her to go meet with, um, Jeff in the, in the shed, you know, or the garage. And he's just not as nice to her anymore. He's, you know, she's, so she's on to him there. And I would also say that They've definitely established that Gene is a lot more confident, too, overly confident. Um, obviously, he keeps going. First off, he just breaks into the guy's house to begin with, the guy with cancer. And then he keeps just going back for more things when he could just leave. Mm-hmm. He starts drinking his, like, alcohol. Yeah. Um, so I do think they've established his overconfidence. And especially, I think he's, like, slipping on the Saul Goodman persona again. So... I don't have a problem with the slip up because I don't even think you necessarily need that slip up for Marion to do what she does and search Albuquerque con man. So yeah. it didn't, it didn't bother me at all. I thought they had established enough there and there was already enough stuff for her to be suspicious. Um, and that it still fit with his character having become so overconfident. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so we get the actual scene where uh, Gene comes over, and he uh, he's ready to kill Marion. Yeah, I don't know if he scary. is. I think I think he's just bluffing. I here's I don't what think I think. He... I think I think he was, and she's like, I trusted you. Like, and part of me like thinks back to like. He, his elder law and he's like kind of like mm-hmm. I almost sees her like as one of his clients then and like I think you can see it in his performance that he's going like he is willing to do it but something she says kind of he changes his mind I think he changes his mind in the scene and that's why he lets go of her you get the life alert <laughs> another good 20 2000 late 2000s reference ask yeah. Jeeves <laughs> um I had to look so, up what Ask Jeeves was. I did not. You didn't know what it was? Emily didn't know what Ask Jeeves was either. Yeah, no. No idea. I was like, you don't know what Ask Jeeves is? I was like, it was like Google before Google was more popular. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't, to me, I, I I don't know. I, I'm not entirely convinced it went that deep there. I it, To me, it felt entirely like a bluff because he's never... 
like yeah gene is more confident i agree with that but there he's never been willing to go that far before even to even to save his own skin like i mean yeah he'll have people killed or, or like beaten up or whatever but he'll have other people do it I, I just, th- I mean, I would have to watch the scene again, but I was like, he would do this, and then I think he changed his mind. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I am uh, hoping for a redemption arc in the last episode, but I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing we'll get some sort of bittersweet redemption. Probably, yeah. Um, we didn't talk about their phone call. Yeah, that's what I wanted to circle back to as well. Yeah, um, so we get to hear the actual phone call between Jimmy and uh, Kim that was established in the previous episode that seemingly had made Jimmy so angry. Um, and it turns out he did actually reach her. I was, I, I think just because of in the last episode how short it seemed, the way it was edited, I just kind of assumed that I don't know. There is something else there, but he does actually reach her. And it's not like a long conversation, but it's a lot longer than it made than the last episode made it seem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. What do you have to say about the conversation? Well, I think the, the most uh, impactful part is that Kim says like, I'm glad to know you're alive or whatever she says at the end of the conversation mm-hmm. that she still has feelings for him. She has not forgotten about him. Um, and that ultimately, and you know, the other big point of, uh, important point, I think of the conversation too is when he's like, well, you're the one who's guilty about it. Why don't you go confess? Why don't you turn yourself in? Um, and then we get the whole sequence with her going to Albuquerque, mm-hmm. going to the, uh, uh, courthouse, and then going in conf- and writing her affidavit and sharing the story with uh, Howard's wife, mm-hmm. which was was powerful too. Yeah, it was. It was. I was wondering because I, I'm glad that that finally happened. We get a little bit more closure on on the Howard stuff, and that was nice. Um, and it was. It's interesting. They they go through and explain that basically there, there's a solid chance that Kim won't be prosecuted at all just because there's such a lack of physical evidence. There's literally no physical evidence. Yeah. No witnesses remaining. Because Mike and Gus's guys are so good at like cleaning everything up. and The, and the only other witness would be Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they didn't physically show her and in the divorce papers you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. i mean that happened in breaking bad where skylar actually never filed them i don't know if she did file them or not i could see that one that's either true way. um but if she had not if she hasn't filed them she cannot testify against jimmy yeah that's interesting and jimmy that. or can't be forced to testify against each other i guess i guess they could choose to mm-hmm um yeah i i don't know how this show is gonna end i (laughs) i have a feeling there's gonna be a time jump i have no idea i mean like maybe part way through the episode but that is completely speculative um i i i have no idea are they going to jail are they is someone gonna die 
is you know are they gonna go sneak off and just embrace the scamming life again <laughs> i mean i th- i think i feel like jimmy is gonna go to prison uh, like and maybe there'll be a time jump and we'll see what happens after prison or something but i feel like he is going to get prison time yeah um that's my prediction and then i could see there being kind of an epilogue at the end of the episode seeing if i don't know if something happens afterwards but i don't know it is it's so it's so hard to tell <laughs> it's and I kind of wish like I, I knew how people felt about the like the end of Breaking Bad as it was happening, because I don't know if this is like a similar feeling or not, or if people were more sure of where that was going. Boy, I don't know. I don't think people were sure about that either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have no idea. But I, that's exciting. And um I know all I know is that Bob Odenkirk like had to read the final episode twice to fully let it sink in. Okay. So it might be a tough pill to swallow. You know? Yeah, I'm I, honestly with how with how surprising and different these last few episodes have been, um I wouldn't be surprised if it's a if it's kind of a more controversial ending in the larger community than Breaking Bad's was. Oh, I would think so. I think Breaking Bad wrapped up so nicely in a guns blazing sort of way, and it just mm-hmm. doesn't seem like this show is going to end like that. No. Like, no. I, even like even though, you know, <laughs> they could be like a Thelma and Louise moment where they, you know, go on, you know, Jimmy and Kim are scamming again. They're driving off the cliff or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I just don't, I don't think the show will end like that. No. We'll see. I, I, I just so. hope there's some redemption. I just hope Jimmy doesn't die a bad guy, selfishly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's about all we can say about that. Be tuned in for our review of the series finale of Better Call Saul. Very excited. Yes. All right, Holden. Shall we dive into our non-spoiler review of Prey? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so non-spoilers for Prey. Um, this is the new Predator film on released on Hulu, uh, directed by Dan Trachtenberg. Um, technically a prequel. Cause yeah. Like, they, I mean, it, it, it takes place before any of the other Predator movies do, and there is one tiny like <laughs> little connecting piece Um that i'll mention in spoilers but um i have the synopsis here too yeah go ahead read it a skilled comanche warrior protects her tribe from a highly evolved alien predator that hunts humans for sport fighting against wilderness dangerous colonizers and this mysterious creature to keep her people safe yeah there you go it's pretty accurate yeah, so um, this was something that it, it has intrigued. This movie has like intrigued me for a while. I'm not like a huge fan of this franchise or anything because I have only seen all of the first one and only parts of the second one. Um, but the fact that it was this, you know, new Predator movie releasing on Hulu, and then you have Dan Trachtenberg attached. The yep, trailer, the director cool. of Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yep, which we and, both at, like. 
as well as the playtest episode of Black Mirror. And the premiere of The Boys. And the premiere of The Boys, that's correct. I forget about that one. But yeah. he, he's a very skilled director, so it's like anything he's he he's working on, you know, it catches my eye. He was attached to the Uncharted movie for a while, I think. Yeah, I think I think you're right. But <laughs> who, who wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> who knows if he would have made that movie a lot better or not. But yeah, um, this movie was a lot of fun, I thought. Um it's it's nothing like groundbreaking or anything, but it it was a good time. It is a shame it wasn't released in theaters. It really is. I this did not feel like a streaming movie to me. No, it it has a big budget feel, despite some you know clunky CG here and there. But overall, it feels like something you should see in a theater with a bunch of people and. I know, like, Predator as a series on its own doesn't have the best track record of making money, which is, it's weird to think about, but if you look at any of the sequels past the first one, like, they really either make their budget back or, like, don't, (laughs) like, they just bomb like the previous one did. So, with that history, I kind of understand, but I also think this is, like, the first, like, it's the best Predator movie. So I think it would just... <laughs> it <laughs> that, would, we, that we've seen, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But based on what I understand, uh, like a lot of people think it's either the best or second best after the, the first movie. So I don't... It, I would think word of mouth would spread on this. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, I guess it would be competing with Bullet Train. Um, mm-hmm. But I would think that the the positive word of mouth has helped this movie at the box office. And I just don't think that... I don't think it's a movie that's like, oh, man, now I need to subscribe to Hulu to watch it. No. It's more like, oh, I have Hulu. I'm going to see it. I, I just think it would have been more economically viable to put it out in theaters. So yeah. I agree with you there. It is, it's a gorgeous movie. I think the cinematography mm-hmm. is, is fantastic. Um, the action sequences are, are great. Uh, really good fight choreography, the stunts. Um, yeah, it's some it, really standout action. You got some great kills from yeah. the Predator. <laughs> um, like you said, some of the CGI, you know, a little uncanny valley with the the animals, particularly. Yeah, since we are dealing animals, dealing with uh, the quote unquote upper Great Plains, <laughs> which <laughs> I kept making jokes about because there's like the upper Great Plains, and then there's just mountains everywhere. <laughs> um, thought that was pretty funny. Um, as someone who lives in the upper great plains <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's definitely supposed to be like kind of yellowstone more black hills area i think yeah um, or, but, or up into into canada too yeah a little bit yeah. but um gorgeous it is gorgeous um and i thought the acting was was very solid um mm-hmm. especially yeah. from the the lead actress um, amber mid thunder yeah amber mid thunder yeah, um, she was great. Um, I knew her from. She's on Legion. She was a big character on there. In in that her, uh, show, her big thing was that she was like a kind of martial artist, physical fighter, and she was mm. great in that too. So she really brought that here. Um, she's also apparently she has a small role in Hell or High Water. I guess. Oh, I don't remember her y- in that, but I've yeah. only seen the movie once in like twenty. 20- 16 or whenever it yeah. came out <laughs> yeah um yeah but i thought i thought this movie was entertaining i liked the score too mm-hmm. um beautiful i all around i think it's an improvement over the first one 
pretty yeah. much every way. And um, it's a movie that I think if you have Hulu, absolutely watch it. If you don't have Hulu, um, I don't know if it's worth getting Hulu for. Honestly, like um, yeah. unless you have a deal or you know someone. Yeah, I, I just don't. It's it's not it's good, but it's not must see. I mean, if you're already a fan of this series, obviously, yeah, I would recommend getting Hulu for this, I think. Um, but yeah, it's I don't it's not really to the movie's discredit or anything that it's not a like must get Hulu for this. It's just it doesn't. I don't know. I don't I don't <laughs> it just like as we said, doesn't feel like it belongs on streaming. And honestly, I don't think the marketing has been all there for it. Like there has been some, some stuff um, on in certain areas. And I think we probably see more about it since we already are into movies and everything, but I just feel on the whole, it wasn't there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a shame because it's, it's a very solid movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I think it's the best that I've seen in the franchise. And it, it and it's from a, a very promising director, Dan Trachtenberg. It's just it's cool. To, it'd be really cool to see. And um, frankly, I just want to see more Predator movies like this, where you just take the yeah. Predator and drop them through different periods of times. Uh, Holden and I were talking about some situations we would think are really cool. Maybe we can get into those in spoilers. Um, yeah to wrap things up but we are we are already ready to pitch some stuff (laughs) yeah we got some or who was who made this uh fox fox all right yeah which is not disney but um yeah i mean it's this movie it follows it's a very straightforward plot and there's really no like b plots or anything it is just like the main character and her struggles and we don't really ever take focus away from her. Um, it's it's a fairly conventional story, you know, of her trying to prove herself to the rest of her, you know, tribe and everything. And um, uh, and no one really believes in her the way that, you know, they should. And she's a woman. She shouldn't be out hunting, all that stuff. So it's fairly conventional from that point but i think that just lends well to the fact that it's a very short runtime relatively it's just a little over 90 minutes i think um you're able then to just insert in a bunch of action uh focus a lot on the predator you know tracking down chasing them all of that good stuff that you love in a predator movie Mm um and i think i mean for even with all of its faults i think the first movie one of the reasons why that one works better than the others in most people's eyes is because it is also pretty simple. Um, that story, I mean, it does have some weird things that we talked about in our review last week, but ultimately it is also a very simple story. I think this series just lends itself to that. Take similar, simple stories, place it in a different time period, add the predator, bam. (laughs) Seriously. Like that's, that's all you need to do at this point. I think that's a winning formula. Yeah. <laughs> um I think another strength of this movie you just get to see the predator fight a bunch of different animals. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I won't say what the animals are, so you can be surprised by that, but you get a few <laughs> just different predators who become prey. And um, it is, which is fun to see them kind of duke it out. 
Um, something that I, I don't think this really counts as a spoiler is uh, this predator that is in this movie is a bit more primitive um, than mm-hmm. previ- the ones we've seen before. Um, it still has, you know, spaceships and all of that, but its technology isn't quite on the level it was in the first movie. Um, and it's they just this one doesn't seem like quite as good as like the other ones at all because like it does get the crap beat out of it quite a bit throughout yeah. the movie even before the ending um which i i think is fine because i i think you know there you had the argument going into this that you know how could people you know way back then take on a, a guy with a big laser gun on its back or whatever like yeah. that just kind of makes sense it makes sense why they would do that um but yeah it, it just adds to this movie feeling a bit more unique having that different kind of predator yeah i yeah i thought i thought that was really fun i was kind of hoping for that too i had mentioned beforehand i was like i hope the predator is also not you know, as technologically advanced. And Holden, you had mentioned that you had heard that before going into the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that worked very well, like you said. Um, in terms of, like, weaknesses, I think there's some inconsistent things with the movie in terms of, sure. like, either previous Predator movies or just, like, or just things they established in this that, that didn't seem to track the rest of the, the film. And I can bring what, what I, specifically I'm talking about up in spoilers. But, um... Like you said, simple story. It hits the beats that it needs to. Gives us some just great predator moments, mm-hmm. um, and uh, just it's very beautifully shot. I like the score. Solidly acted, solidly paced. Um, it gloss it that helps you know uh, keep it uh, being a, a positive experience despite some wonky CGI and some we- little nitpicky inconsistencies. So I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I think I'll mention this more in spoilers. Um, I think this will be a hot take between the two of us. But I think um, the climax of this movie, and by that I mean like the very last fight scene, um, I don't think it's quite as effective as the original movies, like very climax for me. I would not disagree with you on that. I thought the climax of this movie was maybe the least interesting of the action sequences Mm -hmm. um not that it's particularly bad it just doesn't it doesn't up the ante at all it's more of an intimate fight yeah and it um i i'll get into comparisons i guess and spoilers before you get too deep into that um but aside from that i mean i think yeah the the cg can be a little wonky and um and all that stuff but very solid movie had a lot of fun with it i'm always impressed when there's a cgi thing that interacts with water and so yeah. the predator <laughs> will run through the river and stuff at times and i was like hmm, that's pretty impressive yeah yeah it's and the uh, that's the other thing is the the we the predator design in this is very cool too and it does have a cg face but it's a pretty good looking one and they kind of make it move similar to how the puppeted one in the eighties did. And the rest of the body I'm pretty sure is mostly practical and just costuming. So it looks yeah. great. At least for a good chunk of the shots or, yeah. or you just can't tell. And yeah, uh, you exactly. can't tell if it's CG or a puppet or, or a person in a suit. So either way it's effective and uh, way to go there on the uh, props department and visual effects. Um, 
So, rating, Holden? Yeah, uh, I'll give it an eight. I think I really enjoyed this movie. Um, yeah, I hope that they decide to make more. If Dan Trachtenberg wants to come back, make another one. I'm super down for that. So, absolutely. Or um, Sam Hargrave, the extraction guy, I think would be good too. Oh yeah, yeah, he would. Be. Um, yeah, I just like how it's not guns. I just like the more primitive technologies, the more close close combat, or just creating traps, having to outsmart the predator, that sort of stuff. I think that's really cool um, because just shooting at it a bunch or trying to blow it up isn't as interesting. So I am going to give it an 8 out of 10 as well. Right there with you. Awesome. All right, let's dive into our spoiler review. Let's do it. All right, so spoilers for prey um jimmy what should we dive into first um i guess some of the weird things first and this is something i noticed during the movie too and i was reminded of it when i watched chris duckman's review but when i don't remember what the relationship is between the main character and the uh the guy the main guy are they siblings they're siblings i'm pretty sure yeah i i couldn't remember um it's not that important. Yeah. Their siblings or friends or whatever. Um, that like during the fight with the mountain lion, whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, like he saves her, but then he goes back and kills the mountain lion, but it's like the same night. And apparently they were like way out in the woods. Oh yeah. In the mountains. I was like that. I was just like, when I was watching it, I was like, how did that happen? Um, but again, that's just like a smaller thing and maybe they, they was first dark when they were, um, starting that fight and yeah. they brought her all the way, yeah. he dra- dragged her all the way back. The mountain line was in the same place that it was. <laughs> it just <laughs> seems like, okay, area. Yeah. it seemed a little weird. Um, but again, didn't distract me too much. Also nice mountain line stealth kill. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, the the mountain lion was probably the worst looking bit of the movie. I like it, when it first showed up. I was like, that looks pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it was that was a little rough. Um, but I mean, ultimately, it, I, it didn't really matter too much. And I I did like how, um, with uh, with like the mountain lion and whatever else like when they would kill it they'd bring back the head and everything which is very similar to what the predator does like the predator will always pull off the head and the spine and whatever um so i thought that was that was kind of fun um but the other thing that was weird to me is okay so normally when the predator is bleeding their blood goes over their like cloaking um yeah you know they can't be the camouflage anymore and th- i felt like that happens sometimes in this movie but other times it would be bleeding and it just would get covered up and become camouflaged again yeah the camouflage was kind of inconsistent which uh that's another thing i think i'll give props to the first movie was in that movie it felt like we could tell when like the suit was getting damaged and when it was getting hurt and everything and how how badly it was hurt how badly that tech was was destroyed this one it was more inconsistent like sometimes the cloaking wouldn't work fully but sometimes it's fine 
Yeah. I also think this predator just was fine at times after <laughs> really getting roughed around. And I mean, they do show <laughs> it like healing itself. Mm-hmm. But um, some great fights. So got all of the the predator versus the bear. Oh yeah. I thought the bear. I I thought for a second that the bear had killed it and that they were just gonna have to send in another one. <laughs> And I was kind of hoping that would be the case, honestly. Yeah, that would have been pretty funny. But it, yeah, that just goes to show, like, I mean, it, it, the predators, they're they're good at what they do, but they're still running into all of these different creatures that they've never encountered before, and they don't really know how to handle. And bears are huge, and just the like, the predator like just punching the bear and like <laughs> grappling with it, like, it. <laughs> and that whole fight was was pretty funny. Um, felt bad for the wolf and see i the one thing i don't like about the predator is the the camouflage i i kind of want a predator without the camouflage or at mm-hmm. least like camouflage skin but not like full-on invisible you know what i'm saying sure like the camouflage sort of colors or patterns but not like you know like it, the military yeah but not full-on or or just not as good camouflage because i just mm-hmm. feel like you're just freaking invisible yeah how was a wolf gonna beat you <laughs> i just feel like that's a little overpowered and and not as macho with the predator you know i mean i it's honestly have a fair fight i think like if they were to continue doing this and like going back in time and doing other time periods other groups of people that fight predators like if you just go farther back in time than the 1700s you could just reasonably assume that the predators haven't invented the cloaking yet so yeah that could be uh, theoretically a thing i just thought of like a a bit where it's like the predator versus the invisible man it's just <laughs> invisible <laughs> and things are just flying around <laughs> um the predator versus translucent oh um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool the predator against like a bunch of superheroes um I mean, yeah, there's, like, comics about that. Yeah. Like, Predator yeah. versus Batman, Batman and stuff. Yep. Uh, so, maybe, um, I guess we should talk about the movie a little bit more before we dive into kind of future Predator movies we would love to see. Mm-hmm. With this idea of throwing it into different historical timelines. But other things, uh, the the whole sequence with the, the French uh, fur traders. Yeah. That was, that was yeah, great. in like the the kind of burnt down forest area. That whole action sequence is so good. It's the best part of the movie, and it's just it's like ten fifteen minutes straight of just a predator the predator like massacring these French fur trappers <laughs> in like gruesome ways. Uh, my favorite being throwing a bear trap at someone and it just closing <laughs> it on their head. <laughs> that Um, was uh that was really good there were a bunch (laughs) of good kills um i was like holden we're about to see waterloo (laughs) 2 happen here yeah Um, those those fur trappers uh, just stood no chance there's the 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 really funny bit there was yeah was when they're like loading they they each fire one shot and then well they're old-timey guns so they have to like reload (laughs) very slowly That was that pretty was, funny. That the uh, the timing of that and the editing of that really <laughs> landed. Um, yeah, that was a great action sequence. Even when um, the Comanche warriors first encounter 
uh, the Predator. That was a good sequence too. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how when they put up good fights and and then again the Predator just goes invisible, uh, which is I think just uh, a little overpowered. And and so when her brother dies, mm-hmm. again I uh, the Predator was like bleeding. And he just goes invisible, and they have no yeah. idea where the predator is. And then the predator just sneaks up behind the brother and shanks him through. Yeah, the, they surprised. The yeah, they surprisingly didn't use the blood. I mean, even aside from it not appearing on him when he's cloaked, it, it they didn't really utilize the blood that much as a plot point, like tracking it with the blood or anything. Like they didn't do that too much, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, um, I did like the kind of the fake out with the mud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she falls into the mud and you're like, oh, I'm like, oh, she's conveniently covered in mud now and it won't be able to see her. But uh, she, <laughs> she just washes it off instantaneously. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess not. Um, how And how that was used kind of as the final trap in the climax, mm-hmm. um, which, okay, so and, and so she used the plant instead and that was interesting. Yeah. Um, you, if you want to get into the climax and kind of the comparisons you wanted to make and the critique of that, go for it. Yeah. So the climax um, in the first movie, um, I think it's it is probably the best part of the movie, and um, I just really like it. That that movie spends a lot of time kind of showing Arnold uh, prepping for the predator coming, setting up these Home Alone traps almost, <laughs> and like and kind of planting these different, you know. Uh, things around that he can use and then he ends up using pretty much all of them in a, a fairly satisfactory way um this Kevin McAllister yeah. the predator. <laughs> that would be so funny. that would be good um but this movie kind of has that but I felt like the build-up to the climax just wasn't there really um we didn't really get we didn't spend much time with uh, Naru, I believe the character's name is. We, we didn't spend much time with her, um, you know, setting these things up, kind of coming up with a plan or anything. And then it kind of comes across like, yeah, it's it's satisfying that she beats it and she kind of proves herself to the tribe that she beat this thing. But like, I don't know. It, we just didn't really get the satisfaction of seeing this plan come together that we had spent time with being, you know, thought up of and and put together well i mean kinda- the plan was pretty simple like i need the thing to stand in the way of the the helmet so it mm-hmm. shoots itself and that, that was really it that was the whole extent of the plan and it's in the mud okay if the mud the sinking tar or whatever you want to call it doesn't kill it then i got this thing mm-hmm. and it just was, seems like convenient okay it's in this one specific place mm-hmm. all right you could make that critique about the first one too but even in the first one it kind of outsmarts Arnold yeah and it's the plan kind of still happens to work out anyway whereas this one I don't know I think like the contingency was already built in so it's like I don't like was she initially just trying to get it to die in the tar and then it's like oh or was she like uh oh it gets in the tar but then if that doesn't work it'll be right where the helmet will shoot it yeah I will say I I like the the helmet bit. I was like, okay, that's kind of they. I like utilizing that against the predator. Um, but yeah, the rest of it, it just it wasn't quite as satisfying. Um, it it did feel a bit more haphazard, and that 
she i mean she was just planning on failing several times <laughs> like um i don't know it wasn't as intense as it could have been mm-hmm. yeah especially compared to that you know fur trapper sequence in the other earlier action sequences and i mean i know you know you have the final scene between the two characters you can't have him like butchering a bunch of people that aren't there but i mean it just wasn't as urgent or anything the nice thing about those sequences like with that and the fur trappers and also with the earlier one with the the other members of the tribe was you had like she was like trying to get out of like she was like tied up and this whole time like there's there's the chance that the predator could just come for her or whatever and so she's trying to get out among all this chaos um happening and that urgency just wasn't quite there at the last one. Well, the whole time they she was trying to get out, though, I was like, why are you trying to get out? If you're the prey, the predator doesn't go after just prey. They go after other predators. So I was like, you're safer just staying put. And then once it leaves, breaking free. That's another thing I'll say. I don't know if this is like explained in any of the other predator movies, but it kind of... My guess is that the predator, the, the explanation is that predators just don't, that ha, they have like essentially face blindness or something since they mostly look through heat uh, sensors or whatever. He, um, but like, I, I don't understand the mentality really of only killing things that have a weapon. But then if that thing just for a second doesn't have a weapon, then, oh, okay, don't kill it, whatever. It's not a threat anymore. <laughs> like, even though it could pick up a weapon a little bit later on. Yeah. Um, it, it seems, and I know they do it for sport or whatever, but there is also the element of them trying to protect themselves and survive as well. So I don't entirely understand that inconsistency, but I don't know. I can l- overlook it, I guess. Yeah. Um. What else about this movie? Um, well, we can dive into our our pitches for the next films. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Do you have uh, one off the top of your head? Yeah. So we talked about ancient Rome, throwing <laughs> it in there. The Colosseum, going against yeah, oh, yeah. gladiators, <laughs> would just be great. And then, like, it's like there's an audience. <laughs> They're just like explaining it. And, um. I think there's probably an angle where you ch- like you try to weaponize the predator or something. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know if that would be great, but World War Two had the predator just killing <laughs> some Nazis. Yep, that would be that would be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I've just been playing Ghost of Tsushima, but Japan samurai, yeah, yeah, that would be so cool. <laughs> there's so many different places you can take it. Uh-huh. Um, that would be just really, really entertaining. Yeah, I, I, to me, that is the logical way to go with this series because it's not a series that has a ton of continuity or anything. Um, like I mentioned, like the Alien movies or whatever that are kind of just tripping over itself and continuity and everything. This movie, this series is much more like standalone movies that are like kind of related to each other mostly just connected by the fact there's an alien that wants to kill everyone um but yeah yeah um anything else to say about prey holden i did want to mention uh the one piece that connects it is the gun 
at the end of the movie that uh, Naru has and then hands off. Uh, they, they There's a shot at the end of the movie that shows like the engraving on the gun. And that's apparently the same gun that the Predator in Predator 2 hands Danny Glover for a duel. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a little piece of trivia there. So there at some go. point, at some point, the Predators get the gun. There we go. Um, also, they didn't kill the dog. Yeah, thank Good God. We, we were worried. <laughs> it felt like the natural thing to do would be to kill the dog, and I would have been really sad. Yeah, um, and you can tell that it was filmed in Canada because the dog's name was Sorry. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, so that being said, are we ready to go on to our final segment, Holman? Uh, yeah, I think so. All right, sweet. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, Jimmy. So this week, I my roommate has been out of town on a road trip. So I decided um, perfect time to watch some long movies I've never seen before um, on the TV in our living room. Um, and I decided to finally watch the Godfather movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched all three. All, yep, I have seen all three at this point. I watched three um, two nights ago. But um, yeah, these movies, it is it's wild. These movies are pretty. Well, the first two are pretty incredible. <laughs> um, I the first two, the first one especially, is just I was engaged the whole time this whole like three hour runtime i thought the dialogue was just so intriguing i never in the first two i never really found it like the con like all the characters confusing i was actually able to kind of keep them all straight and everything i was worried that i had you know heard that there were so many characters in these movies didn't really have that issue um the second one was really interesting because I knew basically nothing about it aside from the fact that part of it is like a prequel with Robert De Niro. Um, but the rest of it, I really didn't know how the plot went. So I was engaged for just like not knowing where it went or anything. And um, the third one is a mess, <laughs> unfortunately. It is. It's not bad. It's still like a good movie i but it's it's just quite a big step down from the other two and it feels very unnecessary and the main character of michael corleone just feels like a completely different character in that movie Hmm. because um and and i won't get into that because it'll it could give away spoilers for part two or whatever but yep um it's it's very different that one i was confused on characters it felt like there were like too many antagonists in it like i I did have to look up a couple of times and the climax tries to be reminiscent of the climax of the first one and it just felt a lot less satisfying than it was in that first movie um and the ending i the the ending i think is like pretty bad uh Hmm. it it doesn't have a satisfying conclusion to this trilogy. I watched the uh, the Coda re-edit thing that came out a couple years ago that I think Francis Ford Coppola made during the pandemic that 
apparently doesn't really change a bunch aside from the opening and a little bit of the ending but apparently the ending was even worse before so i'm uh, yeah interesting I don't know. But anyway, overall, I would recommend them. The third one, even though it's not my favorite, it's still a decent movie. It is the shortest out of the three, so it's not like you're committing to the longest uh, one there. Um, Yeah, liked those. Um, I have not seen The Godfather since high school, so I really need to rewatch it. Yeah, I I would recommend it. One of the reasons I wanted to watch it was because they're leaving Paramount Plus at the end of the month, so... um, I was like, ooh, I should get on that while I can. Those were the only movies I watched, but in terms of TV, been watching more Last Man on Earth. Very good still. Uh, trying to catch up on Westworld, which is very interesting this season. I don't know how I feel about it, but it, it's if, it's nothing if not interesting. Um, People are loving season four, I've heard. Yeah, it, well... That's interesting. See, for me, I, mean, I guess I'm just not looking at the right places. I like no, I've not seen anything about it. Like I okay. just, I don't think like any anyone that I've like watched on YouTube has like seen this yet. So I, I in my circles, I get the vibe that the show is gonna get canceled <laughs> just because no one is watching it. But maybe I'm just not looking enough. If you're if you're hearing otherwise, um. But it, I mean, I think it's it is good. I think it's better than season three. Um, I am only three episodes in out of the seven that are out. The last one's coming out tonight, so we'll see how my opinion changes. But, um, and aside from that, keeping up on my other shows like Harley Quinn and whatnot. Um, I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima. I am on the Iki Island expansion now. Very nice. Um. I think I I don't know how long the actual story missions in that are. I have about half of the island explored. um, So I don't exactly know how far I am in the story. But um, yeah, I'm really liking it. I I think the island itself is a a fun area. I like the new activities on it. um, Kind of Mm -hmm. just different from what the main game is. I for some reason I really like the uh, the ones where you play like the flute to the animals and you like Oh, those are control. great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's very simple, but I just think that's a, a fun way to use the PS5 controller. Um yeah. and that's the other thing is I've noticed a lot more like PS5 DualSense implementation on that island um since it was it was made for that director's cut. Um but yeah, I th- think that's oh I on Switch I guess I started playing a, an indie game called Omori, um, which is uh, my brother Xander recommended it to me and I've heard nothing but good things. Apparently, it's a very very good story and it's kind of an RPG type of thing. And so far, I am quite liking it, but I'm only like an hour in. So yeah. All right. What about you, Jimmy? I have watched a little bit more Mad Men. Uh, not a ton. Still in the first season. Not sure if I'm going to keep watching it after season one. It just really hasn't connected with me that much. There Dang. are points that I'm like, oh. But I, I honestly just don't think the acting is like great. I think it's like solid. But I, I just am like, this show is... There's not any plot threads hooking me there's not any characters that I really am dying to know more about. It's mainly just people in the sixties being sexist and cheating on their wives. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
maybe you should like try an episode or two of season two to see if it gets better. Yeah, I don't. I just, I don't know. And then I went through and looked at all the IMDb scores for like each of the episodes, and most of them are just like eight out of ten, which is like <laughs> solid. But like, mm-hmm. there's no like run of like if you look at Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad or or the boys, it's there will be like a run of episodes that are all above like nine. Mm-hmm. And there's just not any of that. And I'm like, what? I don't, I just don't know. I don't know if it's just like it came out in an era of television where there weren't as many good shows going on. Um, so it was like, oh, this is the good show. And it just got overhyped. But maybe it's just not connecting with me. I thought I was going to really like it. I, I really liked the 1960s and the idea. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, just I I have not found it that compelling. It is far from bad. I think it is a good show. Mm-hmm. I just am like it is not blowing me away. Um, I really want to watch Mister Robot. Um, yeah, I've I, been wanting to watch that too. I do not have. I I thought it was on Netflix. I guess it's on Prime. But with Lord of the Rings coming out, um, or the Rings of Power coming out on Prime soon, maybe I'll just hop on that. Um, because I did not realize that people like love that show and think it's very good. Yeah, it's it's pretty underrated, I think, in the wider scheme. But a lot of people think it's like one of the best shows out there. Yeah, and I was looking, and then I kind of looked through those IMD scores, and there's like several episodes uh, um, or runs where they're all nine plus out of ten mm-hmm. on IMDb, which is you know not a barometer every time for like it's going to be amazing for everybody but i was like oh and it's done it's only four seasons yeah um so i think i'll check that out um i did watch the first episode of the sandman on netflix Mm -hmm. thought it was good um did you have you watched any of it holden not yet no no um charles dance is in the first episode i don't think he's in the rest of the series unfortunately oh damn um so it's it I did not realize how much of a fantasy it was going to be. Um it was good. I I don't know if I'll continue to watch it. I might um I'm guessing I heard they might they might be making more of it, more seasons. I didn't realize it was not just a self-contained story. Yeah, cuz I think this I mean the comic run that is supposedly really good is actually a pretty long comic i think and i think this is only like a couple of the stories out of the entire run so yeah well so i did watch that it was solid again i mean that's it's hard to judge a show just off the pilot episode so Mm -hmm. yeah um otherwise i'm trying to think anything else i've been playing more guardians of the galaxy i'm coming on completing that i want to complete that soon hopefully before school starts back up but i think that's it holden cool so you can uh you can tell the tell the people what we're doing next week yeah so we're going to be doing something a bit different for the next episode uh since i'm going to be gone all of this next week and we have the better call Saul finale airing tomorrow night what we're going to do is Jimmy and I are actually tonight going to go see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies since we figured out it is playing in the big theaters in town. Um, so we're going to go see that and then we're going to watch Better Call Saul tomorrow night. And then immediately after the episode, uh, you're going to get our uh, first reactions almost um, to the episode. Um, 
Yeah, that'll. So the next episode will probably come out Tuesday evening. Um, it'll probably be released, so that'll be available to you Tuesday evening. So it'll only be like two days. Yeah, so you're you're basically getting two episodes. You'll get two episodes in a row, um, and then there will not be one this next weekend. But then the following weekend, we'll be back and probably on a regular schedule with less uh, less interruptions that we have been having this summer. Yeah. Um, so that's the plan. So we'll we'll check back in with you. There probably will not be any toms on the, in the next episode. Yeah. So yeah. Unless something days. really big happens or something. But yeah. Holden's playing the Flash. Yeah, <laughs> I've signed on. It's a ten-year contract. Um, yes. Yeah, but anyway, uh, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by uh, leaving us a five-star review on, I- on iTunes, or by emailing us at tompodcast@gmail.com, or by donating to our Patreon. Uh, yeah, I think that's it, Jimmy. Sweet, awesome, Holden. I am going to say adios, pantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast.